0: Welcome back to Talk Green to Me. I'm hungry. Classic Manali. Oh, oh yeah. I'm Manali, and I'm Nasreen. And in case you haven't guessed it already, this episode, food is on my mind. In pretending like everything's okay. In accordance with National Nutrition Month, we are going to be talking about the sustainability of food. So this is episode nine. You are what you eat. And remember when we talked about microplastics in Episode 7? Oh yeah, that was before the world was ending and we were in a global pandemic and we discussed how it's bad for the fishies to eat tiny plastics because it ends up in their bodies and clogs up their organs and they die. Yes, well, now that you mentioned this global pandemic, I think we should talk about staying healthy. So let's discuss what food is bad for us. Bad? Food can't be bad. It's all delicious. Lots of foods are bad for us and are also bad to grow or make for the environment. But Nasreen, we are what we eat. Are you calling me bad? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we could all benefit from making more sustainable choices that are good for our bodies and the planet. I guess that makes sense. So take me through a typical meal. How can I make my diet more sustainable? Hmm. Okay, let's start with the main course. Um, shouldn't we start with an appetizer? No, we have the meats. Um, okay. Like from Arby's? No free advertisements. Right, um, anyway, well, let's start with some salad then. So, I heard that the crops used in my salad and other sides are made with GMOs, and those can be bad for us? Well, no, currently... We have no conclusive evidence of harm or lack of harm from GMOs. But before we get into it, let's talk about what GMOs are exactly. Oh yeah, GMOs are genetically modified organisms. Basically, these are plants or organisms that have had their DNAs modified, typically by combining them with DNA from a different organism. Yep, and this creates plants and vegetables which you would otherwise not get in nature. Doesn't that seem kind of dangerous? Like I said, we don't have proof of danger, but the American Cancer Society notes that more data is needed, but the lack of data does not mean it's safe. Or not safe. So, can you give me an example of how GMOs help crops? Why do we even use them? Well, for example, genetically engineered crops have accounted for more than 80% of corn and soybean crops planted in the U.S. That's a lot of corn and soybean. Yep corn seeds are modified with two genes. One kills insects that eat the seeds, and one allows the seed to tolerate glyphosate, herbicide, commonly used in weed killers like Roundup. Soybeans are modified with one glyphosate-resistant gene. So GMOs can make crops more resistant to insects and pesticides. Yeah, so overall we'd need fewer insecticides because they would have inherent protection in their genes. So these things are great then. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. Many GMO foods also contain genes that make them resistant to certain antibiotics. Humans take antibiotics. Yes, yes they do. Um, This antibiotic resistance could pass on to humans. The World Health Organization states that the risk may be low, but still the chance is there, especially as we're seeing increases in antibiotic resistance over the years. Hmm. So I guess we'll need more complex antibiotics in the future, potentially? But what does this mean for the environment? Well, we haven't seen evidence either way for whether GMOs hurt the environment or not. The only thing we know is that we need fewer pesticides. That sounds like a plus. Yes, the lower the pesticides, the better it is for the environment. But we'll have to study these GMOs for longer to get information about their long-term effects on the planet. Okay, that makes sense. I'll be waiting patiently for episode 276 of this podcast for the update. That's like 30 years from now. Oh yeah, I'm not sure you'll make it that long. I'm not that old. Awkward. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Anyway, the other positive thing about GMOs is that many of these crops are resistant to changes in climate. Are you telling me that my corn is weatherproof? Basically, yeah. Genetically modified crops can often grow in less rain and more variable temperatures, so their yields are typically higher. Yay, more corn for me. Yeah, this leads to overall higher amounts of food available, which is a plus. But again, we won't know the full effects since GMOs are still quite new and there haven't been enough studies done. Okay, well, that's enough veggie talk. On to the main course. What are my choices? Lamp chops? Filet mignon? Lobster tail? Roast Cornish hen? I don't have any of those. You've got two options, fish or beef. Oh, I, I guess beef first. Where's the beef? Here it is. Beef has many consequences for the environment, though, and there is a lot to consider. I picked the wrong one, didn't I? Yeah, kinda. Raising cattle leads to methane production? from their farts, transportation of cattle, what you need to feed them, and more land. So you're saying that every time I eat beef, I'm killing the planet from all of these things? Well, one cow provides at least 70 kilograms of methane in a year. Methane is a strong greenhouse gas. Ooh, greenhouse gases are bad. They cause climate change. Yes, and methane has a 104 times greater global warming potential than carbon dioxide. Well, does that mean it'll warm up the Earth's atmosphere even more than carbon dioxide does? Yeah, unfortunately. And then there's ammonia gas. Two-thirds of all ammonia gas comes from cows. Is ammonia also a greenhouse gas? No, but it's concerning because ammonia has many effects on the environment. It forms atmospheric particulate matter, and the extra nitrogen from ammonia can harm aquatic life and sensitive ecosystems. So we should eat less beef. Yeah, there will be less demand if you eat less beef, and you'll need less supply, which means less harmful methane and ammonia in the atmosphere, less water needed to sustain the land, and less crops to feed the cows. Okay, well, I guess I'll sell them for the fish then. Unless you're about to tell me that eating tuna is also slowly killing the planet. Thankfully, some fish can be a little bit better than beef in terms of environmental impact. But only some fish. Which ones? Mackerels, sardines, other small fish, and mollusks like oysters have low environmental impact. But we've got bigger fish to fry. Literally. (laughs) Okay, Farming bigger fish like catfish or tilapia use a ton of energy because the water needs to be constantly circulated using lots of electricity. Whoa, I've never thought about that. So is this just as bad as eating beef? Yeah, and we also have to think about what the fish are eating. Usually fish eat ground up soy and corn, like the cattle, so larger fish farms are no better than cattle farms. And what about all the fishies eating microplastics? How is that affecting us? The microplastics that are small enough to be ingested by sea animals can end up on our plates, too. Oh, yeah. As we mentioned in our microplastics episode, ingesting microplastics could further expose us to chemicals found in some plastics that are known to be harmful. Exactly. And some of these chemicals have been linked to a variety of health problems, including reproductive harm and obesity plus issues such as organ problems and developmental delays in children. Right, but we don't know for sure if eating fish directly causes this. Yeah, the jury's still out on that one. Okay, so basically, fish and beef can both be bad for the environment. Can I at least get a side? Yeah, let's get on that, like, white on rice. (laughs) Perfect. I love rice. Yeah, but I don't know if you still want it. Arsenic is in rice. But arsenic is an element in the earth's crust that's naturally found in the air, water, and soil. So the fact that it's in rice isn't entirely alarming. Arsenic can also be a result of human activity, such as mining or the use of certain pesticides. These things release what's called inorganic arsenic into water and the soil. So inorganic arsenic is the kind that's dangerous? Yeah, and rice seems to absorb more of it compared to other foods. Why is that? Rice tends to absorb arsenic from the soil and the water as it grows. And I can't just wash it away? Unfortunately not, but if you boil a rice in excess water and throw the water away, then it can remove up to 60% of the arsenic. Is this all kinds of rice? Man, rice is so delicious, I can't give it up. If you're going to have rice, basmati rice is lower in arsenic than other kinds of rice. That's basmati rice. Um. Yes. What about brown rice? I've heard it's healthier. Brown rice contains more fiber and less carbs, but it usually has higher arsenic content. This is because the bran or rice hulls are the things that absorb arsenic. Oh, that's the part that gets removed to get the white rice. Exactly. So you end up removing some of the arsenic. It's recommended to lower your rice consumption or perhaps switch to quinoa if you want to reduce your arsenic intake. Okay. Some salad, meat, and rice has filled me up mostly, but I've still got room for dessert. I forgot to make you something sweet, but I can whip up something real quick if you pour some sugar on me. Yikes. That's a bit forward. Please settle down. You're right. We should probably cut back on the sugar, since it's bad for your health and also for the environment. Oh no, not again. I get the feeling all food is bad for the environment. No pain no gain, Manali. Sugarcane is one of the world's thirstiest crops, so it has a significant environmental impact. The cultivation and processing of sugar also causes the loss of natural habitats and uses lots of agrochemicals. And so these chemicals go into the water when growing the sugarcane? Yep, and the runoff of the polluted excess water is bad for soil and air pollution and leads to degradation of wildlife downstream from where the sugar is grown. Well, I guess my entire meal is killing the planet. Goodbye, food. There are sustainable practices that can help with all of these issues, though. Um, you got any examples? Efficient irrigation systems can reduce water usage, and better controls on chemical use leads to less dangerous soil problems. I guess you could also reduce energy usage and air pollution by switching to alternate energy sources. Definitely, But we should also consider reducing our consumption of harmful foods, harmful to the planet, that is, and probably to yourself, by as much as possible. I guess switching to vegan or vegetarian food every once in a while isn't the worst case scenario. Exactly. And we can try to eat our favorite foods while still staying healthy and helping the planet. You can reduce your intake of foods like beef, fish, sugar, rice, for your health and for the betterment of the environment. Yep. And we should just be more conscious of what we eat and where it comes from. We are what we eat, so we should try to eat more sustainably to keep the planet more sustainable. I agree. Join us next time for an interview with Valerie, a clinical dietitian. This episode was written by Valerie Espinosa, Manali Banerjee, and Nasreen Khan. It was also edited and produced by Manali Banerjee and Nasreen Khan with music from Saucy Boy Records. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at TGTM Podcast and send any comments and questions to talk green to at gmail.com.